We live in a world of mixed messages. If you're a parent, you know that consistency is important when talking to our kids. But unfortunately, our kids are living in the same world of mixed messages. And that's a world that's becoming more and more depraved. And it's negatively affecting both our sons and daughters and doing irreparable damage to an entire generation. Americans are now dismissing the premise of a gender binary. The idea of our son's God-given testosterone being a good thing, well, now it may actually be a liability, even an evil thing. And that's starting to gain traction. So what then are we to make of our boys' competitiveness and their rough-and-tumble ways? Are these unnatural and ungodly traits that need to be rectified? And what are we to make of the growing remorse that more and more young women are now feeling after following Hollywood, Madison Avenue, and of course the modern feminist movement for their moral truth and fulfillment in life? We need to speak God's truth into our kids, and we need to teach our kids to speak God's truth into the world. Raising our kids to be bold and broken God's way. That's next on Licensed to Parent. And our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosel, and Trace, with all the talk these days about toxic masculinity and men behaving badly, you'd think the uh, so-called war on women we've heard about so much was actually more of a war on men. What do you think? Is that is that accurate? Well, first, if there's a war on women, it's a civil war. Uh, it seems to me that anything that hints of traditional or biblical masculinity too often gets maligned as being macho or alpha male, chauvinistic, bigoted, sexist, abusive, violent, privileged, disordered, and or otherwise in need of medication. <laughs> uh, today's so-called intelligentsia have convinced today's fragile generation to live their lives based on their emotions and feelings rather than logic and reason. And, you know, I realize these kids are, are largely just, you know, victims of what our generation created for them. Uh, but this is the feminine side of the brain, so I, I'm failing to see a marginalization of women here. But but when when boys simply want to do what boys are wired up by God to do, yeah. I mean, this is now looking more and more abnormal to a world that no longer you know values the traditional and and by the way scientifically backed gender binary. Mm -hmm. uh, bottom line. We're becoming a people who are now minimizing and marginalizing the, the natural and God-given personality traits of the traditional American male. And, and no doubt the aggressiveness that's innate in so many males, something that shouldn't be confused with violence, by the way, uh, needs to be harnessed for the, for the appropriate times and places. And this is called loving discipline. And it comes part and parcel with good parenting. But to expect a boy or, or a man to, to never exude the qualities and attributes he's been gifted with, uh, just for the sake of being politically correct, that's doing a terrible disservice to not only any boy or man, but to our entire civilization. Sure, sure. And, and as, as a citizenry, uh, you know, if we capitulate this, this idea of emasculating our boys, uh, then we open the door to the very thing that, uh, we're seeing today, a nation that more and more is becoming a citizenry that isn't sure about the legitimacy of their own sexuality, their sex or gender. Uh, as if sex and gender are two different things. Uh, that's a scientific faux pas, too. And and the subject of a few other programs yeah, we've done. Absolutely. And no doubt about that. And science backs up the biblical worldview on this. And so Christians really shouldn't be backing off on that. Now, if you ask me if, if there actually is a toxic masculinity out there, then it's the masculinity that's been emasculated by the so-called politically correct intelligentsia. And when our girls are trained by our culture to use their sexuality as the touchstone of their femininity, 
and our boys aren't trained by loving discipline to harness that testosterone through the love and power of Christ, God's ecosystem starts getting more and more messed up. Yeah. And it's a crazy time to be a parent. It's a crazy time to be a kid. So we've asked a couple of guys to join us today to help us make some sense of what might what it might take to raise our boys into godly men and our girls into godly women. And they've written a book that can, can bring some godly balance back into the equation. Uh, indeed, they have. And these two guys grew up as guys who were guys, guys. They were professional baseball players, mm-hmm. uh, nationally acclaimed entrepreneurs, and now they are even best-selling authors. And we're talking about David and Jason Benham. Their rise to success even earned them a reality show on HGTV that was set to air in the fall of 2014 until it abruptly had the rug yanked out from under it by the network due to the Benham's commitment to biblical values. However, HGTV's pulling the plug on their show did not stop the brothers from getting out there, standing up and speaking out for what they believe and encouraging others to do the same. As for parenting, since this is a parenting program, I'll mention that David and Jason have a combined nine children between them. And by the way, they live on the same street with each other in Charlotte, North Carolina. There you go. Well, David, Jason, welcome to License to Parent. Thank you for having us. We're glad to be here. Listen, I can't tell you how much I respect you guys uh, for uh, digging your heels in. Uh, We we need more Christians to do that. Uh, Why it's not happening, uh, I can't explain it. But can you tell us a little bit about your book and, and how it can help both parents and their kids do a better job of representing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around them? Well, David, I'm the older brother, so I'm going to start. And okay. usually when I speak, Jason figures out what he's going to say. In... <laughs> um, he, he likes to say he, he mops up what I mess up, but I'm going to go ahead and start. And, and I, I do want to say this. Um, we wrote this book, Bold and Broken. It's our fourth book, but this one we recognize uh, as your introduction so eloquently spoke about the attack on masculinity. It, really, it's God's design. Mm-hmm. Anything that resembles the image of God, whether it's human sexuality or even just civil society, order, um, these things are under attack today, and it's, a spirit, it's ultimately a spiritual battle. Absolutely. You know, after I listened to your introduction, I was thinking about my brother and I, and I started laughing to myself uh, because both of us should have probably been on Ritalin, which is uh, <laughs> hyperactivity medicine when we were kids. Sure. Uh, we, we were both ADD, or at least what they call ADD. Right, we right. were incredibly competitive, uber testosterone. But our dad taught us, he said, boys, only those horses willing to be broken by their master are fit to pull the king's chariot. I love that. The rest are left to pasture. I love that. And isn't that interesting? I mean, we as boys are born like stallions. I mean, just ready to, we've got everything in us that has the power to conquer and to achieve great things and and to build and to create. Mm -hmm. But that that same power can destroy and do all kinds of things. So it's the heart that has to change through the gospel of Jesus. Amen. And then when we submit to his reigns, when we get into the word of God, when we learn to be his disciple and learn to be controlled by his spirit and not out of control by our spirit, uh, we can really be useful for God's kingdom. And, and this is how we can build companies and lead families and and even lead armies into battle and push back evil and all of these things that men were called to do. Uh, but unfortunately, the attack on God's design wants to shift all of that, and the, 
The ultimate reason is because Satan hates it when men are real men. When men surrender to the ultimate man, Jesus Christ, they become a powerful weapon for good, for good things. And and, and as our dad would say to some of his uh, metaphor is that that we can then, as as broken men under the reins of God, and, and by broken we don't mean out of the game, we mean you're in the game. You can usher the presence of King Jesus into the city. There you go. Can you give me an example of, of uh, what it would look like to be bold and broken? Because I, I tend to lean on the bold side, and you know I struggle with the broken part of it. And uh, your, your book was very convicting for me. Do you have a, a, an example that you can give of that? Well, this is Jason speaking, and hey, Jason. I'll just say this real quick. I mean, our, our book was written from that passage in Ezekiel where God said, I look for a man who was willing to stand in the gap, but I found none. And we thought about that gap and, and what it looks like to actually be someone who can stand in that gap. And we knew that for someone to stand in that gap, and when we talk about the gap, we're talking about the gap between God and the people he's created. And when we talk about standing in that gap, it's going to require boldness to do it. But we wrote the book talking about the ditches on both sides mm-hmm. of standing in the gap. You know, the, the ditch on the one side is what you mentioned, where we're bold, but we're not broken. And boldness apart from brokenness makes you a bully. Right where we, we've seen that, you know, sure. that's that uh, uh, unleashed testosterone that doesn't have anything governing it and pulling it back. That's right. boldness apart from brokenness. But on the other side, and this is where a lot of believers find themselves today who go to our churches and check it off the list, is that they have brokenness but no boldness, which makes mm-hmm. them a bystander. Right. And so you have to have both. When you allow your foundation of brokenness, like what David said, which, which is a heart of surrender, a heart of, of God, I know who I am, I'm a sinner, you know, yeah. saved by grace. Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm no better than anybody else. And I have that foundation of brokenness. It's supposed to be the fuel for boldness right. that then makes you a bridge that connects heaven to earth. That's what allows us to stand in the gap. And so as you asked, do we have a, an example of that from our lives in terms of our own dad? And We did. I mean, our dad was a pastor, and then he... Uh, he showed us, I mean, he built this church to about 100, 120 people. It was never really big. He was strongly pro-life. And uh, he became the leader of a large pro-life organization in Dallas at the time and became the national director of Operation Rescue. And during that time, he took his church office out of our house and moved it next door to the busiest abortion clinic in Texas. <laughs> I like that. And so it, it was, <laughs> well, little did we know, our... Yeah, you're right. A little bit did we know that one of the um, workers there was a woman named Norma McCorvey, who was the Jane Roe in the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court case. And he did this back in the 90s. And he always said, if your theology is not your biography, then your theology is worthless. And so to show it to us, he said, look, you know, if, if... but why should a pastor have a church that's just inside of an office when he can have it next to the very gates of hell? There you go. <laughs> so a couple of years later, Norma, who was a Jane Roe and Roe v. Wade, got radically saved. Wow. Our dad taught us not to be issues fighters, but to be kingdom advancers. Yeah. You bring the kingdom and let the gospel do its work, and the Holy Spirit will begin to work on the hearts of the people, and, and he'll take over. Mm-hmm. And she got radically saved. Dad baptized her. Her lesbian partner got saved several weeks later. And uh, so God transformed that situation mm-hmm. and her heart because our dad was bold and broken and became that bridge between heaven and earth for her. That is so awesome. I, I, I heard the story that she had gotten uh, 
uh, dose of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know that was your father that was uh, largely responsible. That, is, is there that. a book? Of, is there a book of Proverbs written by your dad somewhere that we could all get a hold of? <laughs> There's yeah. just dad's yeah. quotes. My dad's got this so is many great. quotes. My dad used to say, uh, uh, "Parenting's real simple. See size of parent, see size of child. Class dismissed." <laughs> You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a little bit different. No, it's all throughout it, our book. We've got lots of our dad's little uh, little nuggets of wisdom. Oh man, I use them all the time. Yeah, the things I hate most about myself, I learned from my dad. The things I love most about myself, I learned from my dad. Dads are great. Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> you know, I I think any Christian parent wants their sons and daughters to grow up with the with the same understanding of manhood and womanhood that that, that God has. But even in the church these days, uh, those lines are now being blurred. And that's using your Bible and mine, guys. In light of being both bold and broken, what word of wisdom can you give parents to help their kids navigate this confusion? Because they're getting a heavy dose out there on social media and in their schools uh, to to the contrary. Well, the ultimate battle we see is autonomy or authority. Those two A's, we were raised Baptist, and so it's it's easy to rhyme these words and put them together and use alliterations (laughs) all the time, but it it really is. It's authority or autonomy, and it's either the authority of God's Word or the autonomy of man. And and we see this pattern in Romans chapter 1. I know you guys have read that many times, but for those listeners that have never read it, read Romans chapter 1, especially when you really start to focus in on 18 through the rest of the chapter, um, and it talks about uh, the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven to mankind, and, it, and then it gives a pattern of what happens when you reject the authority of God, and then you, you turn to the autonomy of man. And, and this is where you, you see it. It starts with deny truth, then you have a darkened heart, then you displace God. You become the center of the universe. That's right. when autonomy takes over. Mm-hmm. And then the next two is what we're seeing in today's culture, and we're beginning to see it now infiltrate the church. Degrading passions and a depraved mind. And redefining terms. It's exactly what is happening. See, the redefining of the terms is when you deny truth. Now all of a sudden, because nature abhors a vacuum, we all have a set, we all need order and security in our lives. It's right. the way God created us. Now, he brings us that order, and he brings us that security, but when you cast God out, you throw out moral boundaries, moral standards. Now, we begin to allow Hollywood and the uh, academic elite to begin to redefine the terms for us. Now, mm-hmm. boy doesn't mean boy anymore, right. and, and now love doesn't mean love anymore. Grace is license. I mean, everything. That's exactly right. Well, what naturally happens is your heart is now darkened, and as a result of that, you become the center of the universe instead of God. Yeah. Your autonomy. And now that's what that's the whole basis of Planned Parenthood's arguments is it's the woman's autonomy. Yeah. What, what are you talking about, God's authority? What are you talking about, this unborn child right. or even this radical sexual revolution? Who are you to tell me I can't do what I want with who I want, however I want? Right. My one command is don't you judge me. So we've, we've completely, so what we're teaching our kids, and we're by no means experts at this, but what we're teaching our kids is we submit to the authority of God. That is 100%. When we surrender to Jesus, we submit to his authority. It's not our authority. Even if sometimes my feelings are not in line with him, I don't go with my feelings. I go with the facts of his word. And that's the submission. That's the brokenness part. That's the uh, horse into the reins, the bit and the bridle. 
That's the, we, we surrender to God's bit and bridle that holds back our passions, that holds back. Listen, Jason and I, we're full-grown men, former athletes and, and uh, entrepreneurs, and, and I have desires in me that are unrighteous at times. Just because I feel it doesn't mean I should do it. Yeah, facts don't care about your feelings, do they? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's authority, autonomy. We submit to the authority. We don't have autonomy. We have a level of autonomy underneath the authority of God while we're into the bit and bridle of His Word. Our guests on Licensed to Parent today are David and Jason Benham, sports stars, entrepreneurs, and best-selling authors. And the book we're talking about, Bold and Broken, Becoming the Bridge Between Heaven and Earth, published by Salem Books. You'll find that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books, and you'll find us back here in just a moment after this break. This is Licensed to Parent. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. And you'll find us, along with past program and Trace Embry's very own blog, on our website at licensedtoparent.org. And we're talking today with uh, David and Jason Benham. These uh, guys have been well-known for, uh, I'd say, several years ago, something that HGTV did to them that kind of left HGTV not looking their best, and that was to give the Benham brothers... Uh, their own reality show, and then pull the plug because why? 
their beliefs. A biblical worldview does not make you a star on HGTV, mm-hmm. apparently. But uh, they have since to, to go on to stand up for their beliefs in a lot of other venues. And they've written a number of books, including the one we're talking about today, Bold and Broken, Becoming the Bridge Between Heaven and Earth. Trace? Well, your book's bold and broken. I think sometimes you need to be bold enough to be broken. And uh, I think some of the best bonding times I've ever had with my kids have been when I've blown it in some way and had to ask them to forgive me. Why are so many parents afraid uh, to be broken in front of their kids this way? And, and maybe you can share your experience with this type of thing. Well, this is David speaking, and, and of course, Jason and I, we have nine kids between the two of us. I have five. He has four. I've got two in college and then three, mm-hmm. one in high school, one in junior high, and one in elementary school. So we, we cover the gamut. Jason's kids are roughly the same age. So we have had plenty of opportunity to come back to our kids and repent. One of the reasons why you don't probably see that as much, and I probably do not do that as often as I should, is, is you know, in our experiences, sometimes uh, moms and dads today didn't see that from their parents. Uh, and But the, those that did, and when we go back and actually repent and, and tell our kids, listen, I'm you know, you're the first 18-year-old I've ever had. I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, this was with my oldest boy. And I just ask you to forgive me because, number one, I am a sinner in need of God's grace, sure. just like you are. You know, I'm not excusing your behavior, but I absolutely cannot excuse my behavior just because I'm the parent. And the Lord convicted me. And, and you know, that's really been some of the most bonding times for us, you know, with, with me and my children, just like you spoke, spoke about yours, because they see humility. They see authenticity. And you know what else they see? They see that God works in the lives of their parents because oftentimes a kid feels like, well, man, my parents are the authority. They, who's going to come after them? They don't have a mom and dad over the top of them. And then when they see the Lord doing the convicting, mm-hmm. it really draws them close to their heavenly father. When your kids see that you as a parent are, are a man submitted to an authority greater than yourself, it makes it easier for them to submit to your authority. That's exactly right. We, we've seen that in our own lives. And, and I've got another story, and this is outside of our kids, and this is talking about being bold and broken. But really, you, we, the Lord wants us to be bold when it comes to His truth, especially with, when we're raising our children. We don't want to just go along with the culture just because it's cool and relevant and our right. kids will be happy for the moment. But we need to be bold. But at the same time, we want to do that in the spirit of brokenness, in the spirit of humility and surrender. And Jason and I, we were getting on a plane, and uh, he was sitting along the, uh, at the window. I was on the aisle. We had a seat in between us. And this, I had my Bible out. And we were, as a matter of fact, we were flying to St. Louis. And I just got my Bible out, and I'm starting to read. And this lady walks up and says, hey, I'm sitting between you guys. So I close my Bible, and I stand, and I help her to her seat. She sits down. And enough. two minutes after she sits down, she looks over at me, and she goes, I just want you to know I'm a flaming, she said this, I'm a flaming liberal feminist, and I believe nothing <laughs> like you. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm David. Uh, So I smiled real big, and my knee-jerk reaction was to boldly defend my worldview and just to slowly, piece by piece, dismantle hers. Um, Well, the Lord pricked my heart, and, and this is basically what the Lord spoke to me, is that I want you to love this person more than just win your point. Yeah. You know, we, we need to prove points because points are very important, especially when it's truth. Uh, but, but we really have to focus on the heart of the person first. And so 
uh, I just began to ask questions. And now here we are at 30,000 feet. We're about an hour into a conversation. She starts telling me about her children. She's telling me about her son, her 16-year-old son, who's filled with anxiety and depression and potentially considering suicide. Mm. And you know how many parents are struggling with this with their kids? Because these kids, when you remove order, moral order and the fear of God, and they actually see their own physical design as not being defended by parents, okay, it really creates confusion and anxiety in their lives. And, yeah. and here this young boy was, here his feminist mother is overbearing in him, on him, and now he's filled with anxiety. And so I just felt, I, I, this was the Holy Spirit, it wasn't me. I really felt that I needed to read Psalm 139. So I asked her permission. I said, would you mind if I read to you a couple of uh, scripture verses? And at this point, I had listened to her long enough to where she said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I opened my Bible to Psalm 139, and I started reading about um, how I, the Lord is speaking. And he says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. Before any days that you lived, I had, count, I had counted them. I knew you. And as I began to read this, her chin began to quiver, tears began to stream down her cheeks. And she said, I can't believe I'm actually going to tell you this, but for my entire adult life, I've had a recurring dream that uh, I, I'm in a hospital and, and as, a, as, a, as a newborn baby. And, she, and then she stopped and she said, because I was adopted at birth. Mm-hmm. And she said, but in this dream, I'm a newborn, I'm in the incubator, I'm looking up at the doctors and nurses and I'm screaming at them, don't worry about me, I'll take care of myself. And see, she got right to the heart of her feminism without me even mm-hmm. saying a word. I just read scripture. Yeah. Well, I asked if I could continue reading scripture, and so I did. And then by the end, by the time we were done with that passage of scripture, she was sobbing. She started asking me for more scriptures, and I told her, I said, listen, God loves you. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He created your son. He created your daughter for a purpose. And when we reject God in our lives, anxiety and depression and darkness, that's what takes over. Well, by the time we were landed, Jason had finally woken up from his ugly mouth sleep <laughs> against the window, and, uh, and he added to the conversation, and it, it turned out to be wonderful. Not all of my plane rides uh, happened that way, but in this moment, my boldness to read the Scripture was preceded by brokenness just to listen to her, to love her, to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, if we do the same with our kids, uh, it really does, it, it touches their hearts. Yeah. And we saw it touch not only our children's hearts, but we saw it touch this woman's heart who identified as a feminist. And, you know, we begin doing this across the country as believers, uh, acting this way uh, and really walking in the power of the Spirit, but speaking the Word and speaking it in truth. Amen. I, I believe we're going to see a change. You know, I, I think uh, we'd be a lot, we would approach things a lot differently uh, if we really knew where people came from and, and, and why they, they say and do the things that they do, uh, something was planted in those people to have those perspectives. We are out of time, brothers. I, you guys, uh, we got to have you back sometime. Uh, write another book, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> or maybe we'll, we'll, do, we'll do part two of this one sometime. But, uh, it's been yeah, very, very good awesome. to have you, you guys, guys are here. Great. And, and I greatly appreciate the balance, though, that you bring to this conversation uh, the, between boldness and brokenness, and especially your story about the lady on the airplane. That has reminded me so much of my kids. Trace has five kids. I've got five kids. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard my child say something to, that to my 
ever mature adult ears has been, well, that's that's foolishness. So I want to jump in and just, you know, blow them over with my aged wisdom. And uh, what I need to do first is to be quiet and listen and hear their hearts. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was such a great story and example. Guys, thanks so much for being with us. David and Jason Benham, sports stars, entrepreneurs, best-selling authors of the book Bold and Broken, Becoming the Bridge Between Heaven and Earth. That's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. Guys, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. And that's all of our time today on License to Parent. A reminder, you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and at LicenseToParent.org. Now, as we say every week, we produce this program because we want to help parents be more proactive in the parenting choices that they make so that they can raise physically, mentally, spiritually healthy kids. If you'd like to help us continue that work and all the work we do here, not only on the program, but in larger part at our parent ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy, which again is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for troubled teens, we would love to have you join us. Your tax-deductible contribution in any amount can provide scholarships for families needing residential care and help to support all of the work we do here. Remember, residential care for teens can certainly make a difference in a hurting child's life, and it can be very expensive. You can donate securely to help other families, and you can do it easily by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.